In this episode, I'm going to be talking about my story with scaling too fast and what you can learn from it. You're listening to The Liftoff Show, the podcast for ambitious e-commerce entrepreneurs, helping you increase sales, profits, and build a powerhouse brand fast. I'm your host, Austin Lovell, and welcome to the show. I think this was something that I wasn't thinking about when I first launched my first proper store back in November of last year and then relaunching it in February of this year. It was the story of Solar Garden and what it was like was we launched in November last year. I've talked about this in previous episodes, but we launched last year in November. We're doing you know $400 a day, you know, sometimes $500 days, like very, very small scale for a small amount of time because Facebook disabled the ad account. Thanks, Facebook. And then moving on to February of this year, late February, when we were decided to relaunch it again and actually go for it. Let's say now everything's set up, the foundation's there. We've got the product, we've improved it. Our you know supplier chain is much better. The shipping times are going to be better. Everything was just ready to go. And so relaunched and within a couple of weeks, we got the ad spend up to 1,200 a day, round about, you know, 1K to 1.2K a day in ad spend. And that was after about two weeks of relaunching. So we went quickly because we saw sales were coming in. We saw people a lot really liking the product. There was great comments on the ads and we thought, okay, it's time to push this a bit more, time to ramp it up. And so it was all in the drop shipping model. We were obviously getting product from the supplier and they were shipping it from their warehouse in New South Wales in Sydney here in Australia. And so the shipping times were really, really good. Shipping through Australia Post, getting about three to five day shipping times. So everything was looking, I think it was about three to five days. Everything was looking really, really good. And so we were scaling it up, getting sales in. We were doing a lot of spend on testing. We're looking at it and we're spending a lot every day on new angles, a lot on new interests, a lot on new ad campaign structures, trying to see what works best for that particular product. And so it got to the point where we're spending about 1.2K a day. Our average ROAS was between you know, sort of a three and a four. And we're doing a lot of testing. So if we wanted to refine that and go for maximum profitability, we probably could have been spending a lot less. But we're just at this point where we wanted to build a long-term brand. I wasn't just in this for a five to six ROAS, even more every single day, and just writing it out on small budgets. I wanted to identify those winning interests and jump in with new creative and push it as fast as we could. And so we got up to that point in ad spend. And one thing that happened, this was, it was sort of like this chain of events. The first thing was that we knew the supplier was running out of stock at the New South Wales warehouse. We knew that it was getting low. There weren't many units available. And because of the sort of shipping times at that time and what had to be done, they could either order in you know, units from China by boat and it was gonna take 45 days to get here. And we thought there's no way that's gonna happen. And then the other option was shipping by air. Um, and so that was gonna cost more per unit. We had to add on this additional shipping charge and freight charge just to get it to the warehouse so then we could sell it and ship it out. So that was an issue that we came up against. And so I guess the approach that I took was, okay, I'm not gonna wait 45 days for more stock to come in. Really needed stock in Australia to keep those fast shipping times, to keep the customer experience doing really, really well but it just didn't get through in time. You know, there was a period for a solid, you know, 10 to 15 days where we still had to wait for stock to be shipped to actually arrive in the warehouse and be ready to sell again from Australia. So we sort of had to make the decision where we're spending about, as I said, one to 1.2K a day on ads. There were some days where we're doing a little bit more, testing some new scaling methods and seeing what was working best. 
And it got to the point where we had to decide whether to pause the ad campaigns because all we were talking about shipped from Australia, you know, that the product is being delivered from our Australian warehouse, really good shipping times and all of that kind of stuff. Or we continue to sell, but then we have to order from our backup manufacturer in China from their warehouse. And so made the decision, it was either we keep selling or we pause and we go ahead and we wait until the new stock comes in. But we we're riding this wave and we thought, we can't pause this now. The sales are going up. You know, it's really solid sales figures every single day. We're starting to hit, you know, two and a half K days, 3K, 4K, 5K. We hit an 8K day at one point. And so we thought, we can't slow this down. You know, this is at a good speed. We're testing a lot of new ad strategies, a lot of new interests, and it was working. And we thought, okay, we can refine for profitability in the next couple of weeks and scale up from there, focus on private labeling, building our own packaging and all of that kind of stuff. But made the decision to keep selling and selling and shipping from the Chinese warehouse. So all of a sudden, the three to five day shipping times went to you know 10 to 14 days. And it was just really delayed. And plus there were other shipping issues and it was just taking a lot longer than usual. And so we had to spend a lot of time communicating with customers, telling them that, hey, this is why your order's been delayed. We've had to you know, run out of stock because everyone's buying. We've run out of stock at the Australian warehouse. We have to now ship from our Chinese backup warehouse, our Chinese partner, and you know, it's gonna extend the shipping times. And while some people were you know, fine with that, it's like, thanks for the heads up, thanks for letting us know. There were people that were saying, oh, I thought this was you know, shipped from Australia. I thought all of these things, and it's fair because in our advertising at the time, before we had to make this switch to the Chinese manufacturer, all we were talking about was ship from Australia, fast and free delivery, express shipping. And that's what it was. But as soon as we made that change and had to start shipping from our backup manufacturer, anyone that had interacted with the brand or maybe had placed an order when they were seeing that copy on our site versus the change stuff that we put up, you know, obviously to coincide with the changes in shipping times, they weren't very happy. You know, they thought, oh, I thought I was ordering from an Australian company, but I got the product from China. And like, there was all of these headaches because we decided not to pause. We decided to keep going. And we didn't, we didn't, you know, not every single customer was made aware. There was issues with our email list and not being able to reach all of the customers. And then it was just this point where we're getting these negative reviews coming in, these negative comments on our ads, all of this bad feedback coming into our inbox saying, where's my package? Is this a scam? You haven't replied, all that kind of stuff. And what we sort of found out was that there were some order confirmation issues. Some of the emails weren't actually going out to customers to confirm that their order had been placed. Here's your order number and here's your tracking number. And so those weren't working properly for some customers. And so we were getting these messages saying, hey, I bought this on this date and I haven't received any correspondence, like what's going on? And so we would then let them know, hey, we thought the shipping confirmation came through, been placed, order is shipping, here's the tracking number. And so there was that headache because that wasn't working for every single customer. And so we had to go back, revisit that and make sure that was functional and there were some issues, but it's now working. And so that was the first part. The second part and another key takeaway was that focusing on the customer experience, you know, during this period of time, we sort of lost sight of what was most important. And that is keeping the customer experience smooth, streamlined, and focusing on customer first. At that time, I was just focusing on product and brand. I was just focusing on trying to get the product to the customers. I didn't care if it was going to take five more days. I was just like, hey, we need to keep selling. We can't slow down here. There's, you know, there's demand for this product and it's selling really, really well. Let's just keep doing it. Let's just keep riding that roller coaster. And so 
that was a very, very bad decision because it was at the detriment of obviously the customer experience. And if we weren't giving customers this amazing experience with fast shipping times, all shipped from Australia, all inside of Australia post, great tracking numbers and tracking details. So they felt like they were in the loop every step of the way. We sacrificed the customer experience for product. And that was a huge lesson for me is that even if it is selling really fast, you need to scale it back. And instead of pushing and pushing and pushing and then hitting this huge bottleneck where there's no more stock left and you have to ship from an external third party warehouse in China and it's going to slow down the whole process tenfold, uh, not tenfold, it's going to like double the shipping times, if not triple it. And so... I sort of lost sight of what was most important and that was the customer experience. So that was my first key takeaway from the experience of trying to keep pushing and scaling when the stock and the back end wasn't really there. Now the next one was start with cash reserves. So not only was this shipping an issue and the product was an issue, but we also ran into some cash flow issues. And I think this goes back to one of the previous episodes on the show where I talk about the darker side of e-commerce that I called it. And there's a few things that you don't realize until you've got skin in the game and you're actually spending money on stock and and spending money on advertising and you know fulfilling a brand and fulfilling orders but that was that I didn't really start with a cash reserve. We had our agency cash reserves and all of a sudden we were digging into those and those evaporated very quickly because we had this period where we're scaling up our ad spend, but sometimes money was being held in PayPal. It would take one to three days for the money to come through from the payment providers through Shopify payments we were using at the time and obviously PayPal. And so there were delays there, but I thought that's okay. You know, we can weather the storm and that'll be fine. But it got to the point where we had to wait for the payments to come in to then fulfill the orders. And there was this, again, an additional two-day delay on top of the extended shipping times. And it was only because we'd I decided to keep pushing it and to say, no, that's going to be fine. We can push through those issues and we can just keep selling more and ramping it up. So now looking back on it, we really needed to focus on making a kick-ass customer experience, focusing on reducing the shipping times, focusing on making sure that the feedback from customers was overwhelmingly positive. And so that was the next key takeaway, starting with a cash reserve so that at any point as you're scaling up, you're not gonna run into these cash flow issues. And I've only heard, I think like one person, maybe I haven't been listening well enough in the e-commerce space, but one, maybe two people that talk about starting dropshipping or starting your first e-commerce store with a bit of a cash flow, a bit of a cash reserve so that you can scale up and sell your product and test new products and new angles and campaigns and creative without having zero money left and without you know digging into anything else and without not being able to fulfill orders. So that was the next big key takeaway, starting with cash reserves. And that just eliminates a lot of stress. And so it makes the whole process a lot smoother because you're not worried about you know delays for the product getting to the customer. You're not worried about the delays in ordering the product. And it just makes it a very streamlined process. And then the third key takeaway was communicate with your customers. So when we had to switch from the Chinese warehouse, you know, because we ran out of stock, we didn't update most of the customers right away. You know, we made the change and then we were just focusing on scaling the ads and the campaigns. We didn't actually let 100% of the customers know that there was going to be shipping delays on their orders. And so all of a sudden, when they've bought from a company that says, okay, we're shipping from our Australian warehouse, fast shipping times, three to five days, and then they don't hear anything back. There was the issue with the order fulfillment emails and the tracking numbers. And so there was that. And then all of a sudden, we've just, you know, they're getting packages arriving at their door five to eight days, 10 days later than they expected and it's saying it was shipped from China like all of a sudden that demolished like the the brand credibility that demolished like the customer experience because they were buying from a brand that had great reviews all of this amazing customers a lot of people saying great things 
But then they get this order that's late from the country they weren't expecting it to come from. And then it just, you know, it, we had a lot of negative reviews, a lot of people messaging us saying like, we're not happy with this. You want to refund all that kind of stuff because um, of the extensive delays and all of that. And so that was the next key takeaway is communicate with your customers. And I feel like there was a point where I wasn't afraid, but I just thought, okay, we're just going to focus on improving this and making sure it's okay rather than sending them a message and say, owning up and saying, okay, this is all incorrect. You know, we're trying to fix this. This is a quick update. We just wanted to be honest and transparent because obviously you have paid us for product. And so instead of doing that, I was just trying to put my head down and focus on fixing the solution rather than keeping the customers in the loop, giving them an update and say, hey, this is where we're at. We're working through this right now and we'll keep you updated. And I think that would have been so much better for the brand perception, so much better for the customer experience, so much better. It's the ethical thing to do when there's an issue like this that affects the orders on that level. It's not just like a one, two day increase in shipping time. It's a significant increase in shipping times and it also means that it's coming from a different destination like those are big things and so that would be my next key takeaway is communicate with your customers because this obviously led to a fair few negative reviews poor customer experiences and there's honestly no harm in letting your customers know what is going on and being transparent making sure that you have an open line of communication with your customers so you can give them updates about their order about what's going on and what they can expect because End of the day, they've given their hard-earned money to you in exchange for a product. And the least I could do, at least we could do, was give them constant updates on where the product was at, making sure they had the tracking information and they were in the loop. So those are my three key takeaways from, I guess, scaling a bit too fast. And I know this is on such a small scale, but this was my first time building more of a brand, trying to build more of a store that we could push and start spending more on ads every day. You know, instead of a five, 10, $15 a day on ads, starting to ramp that up to, you know, a thousand, 1,200. 1,500 and beyond. So hopefully you've got some value out of this episode. You can learn from some of my mistakes. And I think these are most applicable if you are scaling up your first dropshipping store, because there's going to be stock issues. There's going to be issues when it comes to logistics and making sure that your advertising is congruent with what you're doing behind the scenes. And so these are a few things that I've definitely taken away from this experience, trying to focus on improving these for future brands and future stores. But hopefully you've got something out of this. And if anything, you can learn from this and not make the mistakes that I made, because that's probably going to save you thousands of dollars, not cause you to have to pause midway through a successful like scaling campaign and then have to stop for months. And so that's what I've definitely taken away from the Solar Garden experience so far. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes on the Liftoff show, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review. It's only going to take you five to maybe 25 seconds to leave a review, but it means so much because it gives context to anyone who wants to maybe listen to the show as to why you found it valuable and what they can get out of it. So I really appreciate you tuning in again today and I'll see you in the next episode.